Hey, thanks for listening to the Afresh Church Message Podcast. Our hope is that today's message is encouraging and uplifting and ultimately will draw you into a closer and deeper relationship with Jesus starting right now. Today, this is one of the one of the one topics that a lot of a lot of Christians and really a lot of uh, non-believers try to avoid uh, as as much as we can when it comes to the church. Is we're going to talk about the the elephant in the room of money, money. And uh, if you found out that we were talking about money before you decided to come to church today, I commend you because this is one that if I was uh, in your shoes, probably would have skipped, <laughs> just to be fair. Um, money, this is, a tough, this is a tough topic. I said this last week um, that it was, it was quoted from a, from a pastor uh, that says, if you want to make a church, if you want to make your, your crowd uh, really, really quiet, really, really awkward, talk about two things, talk about sex and talk about money because people really don't like when they mess when you mess with their idols. And so money is the other side of the spectrum here that we're going to be talking about today. And, and we're going to be asking the question, how does God feel about money? How does Jesus feel about money? Why, why does the church want your money? What is, what is tithing? Are, are Christians, as Christians, are we supposed to tithe still today? And what, what does God do with my money anyways? Why does God need my money anyways? And what, what, what's going to happen if I don't? What's going to happen if I do? So, so, so this is the elephant in the room today that I want to address, and I'm really excited. I've got a lot of notes, so I'm going to try to keep it within two and a half hours. That way we can get out of here on time, Okay. All right. <laughs> it's a tough crowd. All right. Uh, let's turn to, to Matthew chapter 6 in our Bibles this morning. Matthew chapter 6, uh, we're going to be uh, looking at a passage of Scripture quoted from Jesus himself. This is one of his greatest, uh, well, not one of his, the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, it was the Sermon on the Mount, uh, if you're familiar with that. And this is Jesus talking, and, and it's, it's, I find it interesting, uh, especially in this passage of Scripture, because I did a lot of, a lot of research, and I found out that, that Jesus actually talks about money more than he talks about anything else in the Bible. He talks about money more than he talks about sex. He talks about money more than he talks about heaven and hell. He talks about money more than he talks about sin. He talked about money the most. In fact, uh, over 2,300 verses, uh, or, or at least times in the Bible, that, uh, of, that Jesus brought up this topic about money. No, Jesus didn't. I'm sorry. Over 2,300 verses in the Bible collectively uh, that, that talks about money, but Jesus talked about money the most over any other thing, over any other issue, over any other circumstance that Jesus talked about money. So, so it, it begs the question, just how much does Jesus care, really care about our money, and what does that look like for us? So, so we're going to read in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 19 all the way down to uh, 34. Uh, we'll, finish out the, we'll finish out the chapter. And uh, let's, just, let's just see what Jesus says about money. You guys there? Are you ready? Is it on the Sky Bible behind me? Awesome. Perfect. Starting in verse... First... ...here on earth. ...cannot... your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like light. When your eye is healthy, your body is unhealthy. Your body is with the light you think darkness is no masters. One will be devoted to the other. You can to hear me. Tell you not to worry about everyday life. Have enough food or clothes to wear. More than food, more than, than clothes. The birds in the sky harvest or if your heavenly father needs more value than you are valuable to him. They are. Can all your single moment to your life? I think I need to moment to your life again. Your work single moment to your life, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the don't work clothing. 
glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Solomon was king, the richest king in, in, in all of Israel. And, and Solomon, not, Solomon is not dressed yet as beautifully as they are. And if God is so wonderful that are here today and to the he will serve for you. How do you have little faith? These things, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of our believers. Heavenly Father, all of your needs. The kingdom of all else and live and he will everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worry. Is enough for today's troubles are for today. Let's let tomorrow worry about itself. So much to unpack here in, in Jesus' um, beautiful, beautiful words that he spoke over 2,000 years ago on this, on this, on this mountain to, to, to hundreds of thousands of people. So much to unpack here, and, 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 and so as we do that today, let's remind ourselves of the elephant in the room about what God says about money. How does God feel about money? How, how, do, how does the church feel about money? Why does the church ask for money all the time? Why do they pass around an offering plate? Well, what does Jesus think about money? What happens if I don't give my money? What happens if I do give my money? Let's, let's, these are the elephant in, elephants, I guess, <laughs> in the room that we're going to ask today. So let's pray and, and ask God to bless this because, oh, Lord, we're going to need it. All right? Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you so much for um, your, your presence. Thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you so much for these words you spoke um, that were recorded over 2,000 years ago and, and are still uh, applicable in our lives today and, and, and that you were so strategic in the way that you planned everything out, that you, you were speaking at the right moment whenever someone was writing it down and, 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 and that you were, you were thinking of us when you were speaking these words as well. And so, God, I just pray that you would uh, have your way in this place and speak to our hearts, speak to our minds and our souls and spirits today. And uh, we, just, we just lay all of it down to your feet this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, all the church said, amen. Amen. Um, so, so money is a tough, 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 I can't even say it. Money is a tough subject to talk about. Yes, we don't, we don't really like to talk about money. We, 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 there's the stereotype in the church, like, oh, the, the church just wants your money. All they talk about is money, and I, and I get it. But, but the truth is, um, money is something that we deal with each and every single day. Everything that we do revolves around money, believe it or not. Uh, you know, you, you go to work, you get in your car that you filled with $6 a gallon gas, um, and you get in your car and you drive to work for what? You, you're not there to have fun, are you? No, you're, you're there. To, I hope not. <laughs> well, you, sometimes you can. But you're, you're there to make money, right? You're, you're there to make money. And then, you know, you, you get your paycheck on Friday and you look at it and you're like, oh, my. You, if you look at, the, at the, the, the number you make before taxes, you're like, oh, it kind of makes you stick to the stomach. And, uh, you know, they, they tax you on what you make. And then you take that money and you spend it. They tax it on when you spend it. And sometimes if you buy a big asset, they'll tax it every year. For, and call it purpose, personal property tax. Boils my blood. Anyways, so so everything you know revolves. You go to work and you get you get money. You 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 come home and you open your mailbox and what's in there? Bills, because they just want your money, right? <laughs> you uh, you you open up your fridge and you look in there and everything you have is expired and you're like, oh man, I gotta go to the grocery store and spend more money. And, or if you're uh, like most of us, you'd be like, ah, I got to go to the grocery store. Might as well go to Buffalo Wild Wings since that way I won't have to cook it at least. <laughs> and uh, then you end up spending more of your money. Everywhere you go, everywhere you drive requires you to fill your car with gas, like I said, and that costs a heck of a lot of money. Uh, even when you go on vacation to relax, you, you, what do you do the, the, the six months prior to your vacation? You're saving all your money. That way your vacation is, is, is you're able to relax by spending, um, you know, thousands of dollars of your money all at one time. You, you spend your money. Every birthday party you go to requires you to buy a gift or a card because that's just what we do. We can't just say happy birthday anymore. It has to come with a price tag. <laughs> you have to get money. Every doctor visit you go to to fix your illness and your sickness costs you money. 
And even borrowing money costs you money. Everything revolves around money. And there's not a day that goes by, I promise you, there's not a day that goes by that you don't think about money in some way, shape, or form. Either where, you know, either where we're like, okay, how can I make more money to, to afford this thing? Or, or, you know, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, we're worried about how am I going to make enough money to be able to afford this lifestyle that I live? I, I, you know, we always think about money. How, how will I have enough to pay for gas this week? That's kind of the big, the, kind of the big, the big, uh, the big topic right now. And, you know, we, we get so stressed over money sometimes, and, and, it, and it, 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 it can, it can um, really harm our lives. It can really damage our lives because we're so stressed stressed about, oh, how am I going to make ends meet? And so we finally have a day off, and it just happens to be Sunday. And we're like, oh, you know, I'm so stressed. I've got all this stress in the world on, the, on my shoulders. Maybe I should just go to church and so they could teach me how to deal with my stress <laughs> and, uh, and so that they could fix all my problems. Yeah, I don't know what you guys think, and I hope that's not it. But, but you go to church, and then what happens at church? The pastor gets up in here. He's like, hey, I need you to give me some of your money. <laughs> you just you can't escape this, this idea idea of money. When does it end? And like I said, you, you hear this, this common phrase uh, um, w- w- that goes around the church. You know, the, the, the church just wants your money. The church just wants, all they talk about is money. They, all they, the whole reason that they do everything that they do is just so that they can get money. And I, I'm sure we're not naive to these, to these uh, stereotypes. But chances are, chances are, the, the reason that the church, uh, I'm sorry, the reason that you think the church just wants your money is more than likely because that's really all that we think about. The, the reason you think the church just wants your money is probably because that's all you think about. It consumes our thoughts. And, and you know, maybe the reason we get so upset when people ask for money is because we're so obsessed with having it or saving it, or spending it, or, or using it, or having it in our possession. You know, and, and, and so you go to the church, and they, the, the, the offering plate comes around, and, and I'm just, I'm putting myself in, in, in the mind of, of you guys just for a minute, and um, let's pretend you get mad when we, when we talk about money. And, and so you, uh, you, you go to church, and then we, you, know, you pass the offering plate around, and we talk about money, and you're like, oh, I can't believe, oh, I can't believe that they would just talk, all they want to do is just talk about money. Talk, <laughs> you come today, and that's all we're talking about is money. <laughs> um, you know, I just can't believe that all they want to do is talk about money. All they want is my money. And uh, what happens is, is because this consumes your thoughts because you got mad at the church. You got mad at the pastor for, for mentioning money at some point. You miss out on what God wants you to do that day because you're so hyper-focused on the fact that you, you someone wants, someone asked for your money. And it would become hyper-focused into to holding on to our money or, or hoarding our money that we can't think about anything else. And um, you know, all that to say, I, I know that there are probably churches out there um, that, that all they want is your money, yes, and, and you know, maybe they are building their own kingdom. I promise you, it's, it's really far and few in between. Don't think that every church that in existence just wants your money. That's not, that's not true. And I, I would like to think that you would be able to tell uh, which church is what by, by the, uh, the anointing in the pulpit or, or the authority that's in the pulpit, or you know, the, 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 um, the presence of God that's in the room and, and the blessing of God on the church. I hope that we will be able to decipher and use our discernment on which churches are just there to build their kingdom and which churches are there to build uh, God's kingdom. But, you know, I, I, I hope that you see today that we're, we're not all about money. Um, the reason we want to talk about money today is because it's not going to benefit us more than it's going to benefit each other. It's not, us meaning the church. It's not going to benefit the organization of the church as much as, going, as it's going to benefit each and every single one of us individually, I promise you. And, uh, you, you know, if you, if you feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to empty your bank account into, our, um, into the offering plate, I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to encourage you to do that either. But we're just here to show you who the real Jesus is. Well, I, I believe that God wants every area of our lives. He wants our public lives. He wants our private lives. He, he wants the one sin you just can't seem to free yourself from. He, he wants the skeletons in your closet. He wants your past. He wants your friendships. He wants your hardships. And he wants, yes, he wants your finances too. Because when Jesus is a part of every part of your life, it can only get better from there. And he, was, he, was, he, he, he died for you and was willing to forgive you of your sins so that you could have relationship with him. And, and, and he wants to be a part of every part of our lives. And, and yet when we accept this forgiveness and say, yes, God, I, 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 I give you my life, we still struggle sometimes to say, yes, God, I give you my finances. We just want to hold on to our money. You guys all right today?
<laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Don't talk anymore. <laughs> but money messes with our priorities. Money, this, is, this is the big problem with money today, is, is money messes with our priorities. And I think we can all agree in some way, shape, or form uh, that if we're all honest, we've probably experienced a time or two where money has messed with our priorities. And you know, maybe, maybe it's messed with our integrity. Money has messed with our integrity. Um, how many have, have, have ever lied at work? Okay, how many of you ever lied in church? <laughs> all right, whatever, okay. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you have, uh, maybe you uh, were, were working one day and you messed something up. You're like, oh, no, this is, this is not good. And so you think, oh, maybe if I lie my way out of this, it won't seem like it's my fault. You know, maybe someone else's fault or maybe it just happened. I don't know. And, and we do this in hopes that our boss will see us and, and not fire us because money has messed with our priorities. It's messed with our integrity. Um, have you ever sold something on Facebook Marketplace and you weren't 100% truthful with the condition that it was in? Or, you know, maybe... You, I used to sell cars at this dealership. I won't name because you probably are familiar with it. And I, only, I only worked there six weeks because um, I couldn't sell. I, I knew too much about the cars. I was like, oh, my gosh, these are, these are terrible cars. I can't sell these. Like, I can't honestly sell these. And there was actually a, a point in time where I told one guy, I was like, hey, I don't want to sell you any one of these cars that you want because I, I just can't do it. They're, they're not good cars. Please just go somewhere else. Let me give you the number for the other dealership. Um, needless to say, I didn't work there for very long. But I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to, you know, because I'm a humble man. I couldn't bring myself to, I couldn't bring myself to, 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 to let money take over my integrity in, in terms of this. And, uh, you know, may, maybe it's your family. Maybe money has, has, has messed with your priorities when it comes to your family. You know, working late time and time again because you're trying to, you know, put, put bacon or bring, bring home, what is it? Put bread on the table? Bring home the bacon? I don't know. I should have wrote it down. Bring home the bacon, you know? Um, <clears throat> you're trying to bring home the bacon, and, and then your kids only know you for an hour before they go to bed every night because you're just working, 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 working because money has taken over your priorities in your family, or maybe money has taken over your priorities in your faith. And I'm not saying that, you know, working on Sunday is a sin or anything. Like, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But, but, you know, maybe it's like, oh, yeah, I can work, I can work this Sunday or I can work next Sunday. And, and maybe I'll, I'll work on the, on the day that I've got my life group too. Or maybe I'll, I'll be so consumed with work. It's like, oh, I don't even have time to read my Bible anymore. I don't have time to, to do my YouVersion Bible plan or even share the verse of the day on, in the, on the Instagram you know, and, and eventually it just becomes, we, we looked at, you know, a month or two later, and we're like, man, I can't remember the last time I even read my Bible, because I've been so obsessed with work, because money affects our priorities, and it can dominate our thoughts, it can, it, it, I think if we're all honest, money has taken over a part of our lives more than we'd like to admit, and for what? what are, I mean, really, what are we working so hard for? I mean, money's only purpose is to be spent, right? I mean, you can't take it with you. <laughs> so, so what is it? It's, it's an exchange. It's a currency. That money's only purpose is to be used to get something else. So, so, so what do we spend it on? Again, our messed up priorities. You know, maybe you're working three part-time jobs, and, and you're, you're just exhausted all the time. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford this. And then, you know, you've got the brand new iPhone 13 XS Max ABC123 that watches TikTok just as good as your last phone did. Because money messes with our priority. You know, maybe we can't afford to pay rent this month, but we've got all the sports channels because we just have to watch the Lakers blow every single game last season because it was terrible. Money messes with our priorities. Or, you know, maybe, maybe we can't afford groceries, but we can afford happy hour. I don't know. You know, maybe we're drowning in credit card debt. Oh, never. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this debt. But you show up to work, late to work every single day with iced coffee like, hey, I'm here. What's up? How you doing? Some of us have, have clothes on clothes on clothes on clothes, and you are planning on going to clothes shopping after church today to buy some more clothes, and, and yet we can't, we're just like, oh, I just can't afford anything else. I'm not trying to target you or condemn you or shame you. I'm just making observations that money does tend to mess with our priorities. Money messes with our priorities. I'll prove it to you, too. Show me your bank statement, and I'll show you where your priorities are. That's the response I expected. Um, <laughs> show me your banks, show me your credit card statement, and I can show you where your priorities are, because what you invest in has your heart. You, I'm sorry, you invest in what has your heart. You invest in what has your heart. You put money towards what has your heart. What really has your heart is where your money goes. You invest in your, let's use this word, treasure. 
You invest in your treasure. I'd like to ask you this morning, what is your treasure? Not out loud, obviously, but you know, what is your treasure? If we can honestly think back, what, what do we treasure? What do we cherish? What do we, where do our hearts typically go? Do you treasure social media? Do you find yourself like, ah, oh, I'm just scrolling for way too long, uh, and, and you know it, but you still just keep the app installed, and, and you keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Do you, do you treasure your 85-inch TV? Do you treasure your car? Do you treasure your Louis Vuitton bags? I don't even know what that is. Um, do you treasure your bougie lifestyle? Again, I really don't know what that is, but I, I'm sure you do. Do you, do you treasure, you know, proving to your ex you finally made it on your own? Not that these are, well, maybe that one's not the best for your life, but not that these are, are bad things that money can buy, but, but, but when it becomes our treasure, that's when it becomes the problem. As Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice that he said it in that way. He didn't say, where your heart is, there your treasure. No, no, no. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where the heart always follows what you treasure. Not the other way around. So, so where your treasure is, your heart is. And where your heart is, your time goes, your energy goes, your effort goes, your resources goes. And where your heart is, your finances go as well. And that's really what I want to talk to us about today is, 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 is why does God want your money? Why does the church ask for your money? Why, why, why does Jesus address money more than everything else in the Bible, including eternity with him? Why does Jesus address all these things about money? It's because money has our hearts. Money has our hearts. And I think we can all agree with this, and, and we can all find ourselves probably saying, yeah, that's true in some area of my life. Money does have my heart. Money does have my heart. And hear me today. God is not after your money. God is after your heart. God's not after your money. God is after your heart. And the reason we don't like talking about money is because it reveals to us, ooh, this one's going to hurt. The reason we don't like talking about money is because it reveals to us where our hearts actually are. What we idolize, what we treasure, what we prioritize, and it doesn't make us feel very good. And I'm really glad that my job description is not to make us feel good because I would be losing my job today. It's going to be my last sermon. <laughs> My job is to, to introduce you to Jesus, but, but it's not to make us feel good. Sometimes it's, 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 it's getting closer to Jesus is stepping in that tension, stepping in that, ooh, that's not good. That doesn't feel good. Because when we talk about money, it reveals the true nature of our heart, which is deceitful. This is why it's an elephant in the room. Jesus said in, in verse 24 of a passage, uh, Jesus said in verse 24 of our passage today that you can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve God and money. And, and, and I, just, I just want you to know that this isn't a suggestion or like an implication or anything. <laughs> he didn't say, yeah, you shouldn't serve God and money. Uh, it's, it's a bad idea to serve God and money. It's, it's not a good spiritual practice to serve God. No, no, he said, you literally cannot serve God and money. Why? Because you will love one and hate the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. Jesus' words, you will love one and hate the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. So either God, the creator of the universe, the the creator of the heavens and the sky and, and the one who formed you in your mother's womb is the Lord of your life or your paycheck is the Lord of your life. And you can't have both. It can't be both. Which we have to intentionally choose which one is the Lord of our lives. And it creates some tension because like, okay, we understand the concept. Like, all right, you know, almighty God versus, you know, dollars and cents. Like, come on. This makes sense. Obviously, I don't want money to be my idol. Obviously, I want God to be the Lord of my life. Uh, but, 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 but this is where the, the struggle is. It's like, okay, well, how do, we, how do we love God and make sure we don't love money? Does that mean like I you know, have to, every dollar that I get has to be given to the poor, or every dollar that I get has to be burned in, 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 a, you know, in a fireplace somewhere? And, you know, how, how do I make sure that I am not serving money, but I am serving God? And, and so this is where it's really tense because money is, like in, is, is, is unlike any other idol. Money's like unlike any other idol because any other idol you can run from. You can run from sex, drugs, and rock and roll, <laughs> but you can't run from money. And, and as, 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 as much as we would love to, we can. You, you can't escape money. We, we can't live life without money. Let's just be real. We can't live life without money. 
We can't operate a church without money. Let's just be, let's, let's real talk here for a minute. You know, it's, it's money is inescapable. It's, it's, it's something we have to deal with. So how do we make sure that if, if this, this idol in our lives we can't escape, how do we make sure that we make God the Lord of our lives and not money the Lord of our lives? And you might, you, might remind, you might be reminded of a verse in the Bible that says, money is the root of all evil. You, you're familiar with this one? It's, it's in the Bible. And uh, you might think, you know, oh, I, just, I have to give it all away because it's the root of all evil, you know? And uh, I, I, I'm sorry that I lied to you because that's not actually what the Bible says. Uh, and I can show you where it is. It's in 1 Timothy 6.10. Uh, if they'll put it up on the screen, it says, for the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Almost right. This is misquoted in, in the Bible. For the money, all kinds of people craving money have wanted from the true faith with many, hear me today, money, prosperity, God is against the, the love of money, love is the root, money is a take. Let's just be real. <laughs> terrible God. He's a terrible savior. It's a terrible, terrible friend. You the way that, and yet sometimes we devote more of our lives and more of ourselves to this idol of money, this false god money, than we do the savior of the world who died to give us his presence. The love of money is the root of all evil. We know this. But unfortunately, sometimes we devote more of our lives to this false god, money, than we do the creator of the universe, savior of our souls. And this is why, again, this is why God is not after your money. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. We can't allow money to be our God, to be the object of our desire and of our worship, but we also can't escape money either. <laughs> so what do we do? This puts us in an awkward place as Christians. Like, ah, it's like, are we flirting with sin? Are we, I don't, under, I don't, I don't know. This is how we have to, this is, we have to make sure we can control our money so it doesn't control us. And uh, that may seem like a very, uh, a very, um, a very extreme example, but it's, it's true. It's, it's either one or the other. Either we have control over our money, or our money has control over us, and there's no in-between. We can convince ourselves that, you know, oh, yeah, I, I can control my spend. It's like any other addiction. Yeah, I can stop whenever I want, right? But, but, but when it comes to money, because we deal with it so often, it, it becomes almost numbing to us when we, when we uh, have money as our idol, and, and we, we worship money. We don't even realize, Right? So how do we, this puts us in this awkward tension. How do, we, how do we have control over our money to make sure it doesn't have control over us? And this is how we have to view money, okay? As, as Christians, this is how we should view money. Money is a tool. Money is a tool. In fact, let me, let me put it this way. Money is a power tool. All the men are like, yeah, power tools, you know? Money is a power tool. And, and like any other power tool, if you don't use it properly in the way that it's designed, it can cause a whole lot of damage and a whole lot of harm. But if we use it in a way that's responsible and in a way that is, uh, that is, is smart, um, in a way that is wise, if we use this power tool in that way, then we can create some really awesome things with God's help. So, so money is a tool. We have to treat money. We have to see money as a tool because that's what it is. So how do we, how do we use money as a tool, right? How do, we, how do we worship God with our money? How do we use money in a way that benefits our lives rather than, rather than destroy our lives? How can we serve God with money? What does it look like to give God our finances? Uh, what, what does it look like to give God our money. Is there, you know, like a finance department in heaven that's like, you know, all the angels are freaking out like, oh my gosh, am I going to get laid off? I don't know what's going on here. We're not, nobody's giving as much as they used to back in the 50s. I don't know what's going on. Here. All the angels freaking out, you know. <laughs> I don't know why. This, when I was, it's funny, when I was a kid, um, <clears throat> you know, you grow up in church 
And, uh, you know, you, you always hear like, oh, yeah, give, give 10%, give 10% of your money. And, and so I, I was a kid. I didn't, I didn't understand, you know, percentages. All I heard was give 10 cents. So I thought, <laughs> this is a true story. I was at my babysitter's one time. I had a pocket full of, of dimes. And I was like, God, I'm going to give you my money. And I was as serious as I could. I was like, oh, God, I want to give you all this money. I'm going to give you my 10 cents. <laughs> and so I was looking up in the sky, and I threw it up as high as I could get it. And I was like, God, take my money. And I, I didn't look, but it landed everywhere. And I'm pretty sure my my babysitter ran over it with a lawnmower a couple days later. Um, but, you know, <laughs> does it look like that to give God a money? I don't think so. Does it look, you know, let a, let a $100 bill just go in the wind? Like, ah, oh, wherever you want to take it, Jesus. You know, is, is, is that the responsible way to treat uh, money as a tool as, as Christians? How, how, what does it look like to, to use our money as a tool uh, to, to benefit the kingdom of God? How do we serve God with our money? And some of us might say, it's your tithe. It's your tithe. And, and if you grew up in church, you've heard this. Maybe if you haven't even grown up in church, you've probably heard this. It's your tithe. It's your tithe. And let me just kind of, let me talk about tithe just for a second. I, I want us to understand really the cultural context in tithe and, 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 and where this originates from. Uh, anyway, so, so tithe is an Old, Old Testament concept way back in the beginning of your Bible. And, uh, and, and so <clears throat> what God is doing with this nation of, of Israel is he, is he is making them a holy nation, a set-apart nation, a nation that's different than every other other, um, you know, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and, you know, the termites and all the other ites that are around the nation of Israel at the time. And he's like, I want to make you different <laughs> than these people that are surrounding you. And so what God does is he gives them a whole list. There's like 613 commands. It's a, it's a whole lot to do. And, and all the, the Jewish people, all the Israelites were like, we got to follow these to the T. And one of those was that, okay, um, you know, there's, there's different tribes and everything. And one of the tribes lived in the temple. They, they worked at the temple. That was their job. They were in the temple all the time. And so all of the other uh, 11 tribes, they, they would... Um, you know, they would have, would have crops and they would have um, things that they would grow and stuff. I guess that's crops, just another way of saying crops. They would have crops. And so God was like, hey, give 10% of your crops to the temple. Give 10% of your, that, that is your tithe. Tithe means tenth. Um, and so this was the command of God. Give 10% of your crops, give 10% of what you planted to the temple. And that sounds, oh, that's not that big of a deal. And what the temple would do with it is, that, you know, anyone that would, came, that would come along is like, oh, man, I'm, I'm hungry, I'm, I'm, I'm starving. Uh, they would be able to, to help these people out, and they would have this big storehouse and everything of, of all of these tents coming from every person in the temple. And so the temple used that to support not only the, 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 the people working at the temple, uh, but also you know, everyone that would come. And, and it would just, they were one big community through the temple because they all pitched in and helped with one another. And that's, that's where tithe comes from. And the, the really cool thing about tithe, and this is what I love, is that God, God said, don't just give your, your tenth of your crops. Give the first tenth of your crops. So let's, let's put it this way. Let's say you have, um, what do you grow corn with? Seeds? Is it corn seeds? Corn kernels? Popcorn? No, no, that's not right. Okay, let's just say there's corn seeds, right? I've got corn seeds. I've got 100 of them, okay? I'm going to plant 100 corn plants. I don't know. Um, and so I'm going to grow 100 corn plants. So I, I, you know, till my garden and everything, and I lay out 100 seeds, right? So what God is asking you to do is, okay, you planted 100 corn plants. So whenever 10 of those uh, stalks um, mature, grow, thank you for helping me. This is great. When 10 of those stalks mature and grow, 10 out of 100 is a tenth, yes. Give those 10 to the, to the temple. Now, here's, here's where it gets really tricky. Because it's the first tenth, that's where the faith comes in. Because let's say you give, you know, 10 of 100 stalks of corn, and then there's a fire, and you don't get anything else. You've already given your, your, your tenth, your tithe to the Lord in faith, that whatever else might happen may not actually grow. If you, if you plant 100 corn stalks, plants, you're not going to get 110 that grow, are you? No. You're going to get what you grow or less. So, so, so for us to tithe, for us to say, I'm, gonna, I'm devoting myself to give 10 stalks of corn, a tenth of my crop that I planted to the temple, the first tenth, that means, look, I may not have anything else after this. But I'm going to trust that, that what I give God, he's going, to, he's going to take care of me. And that was the whole idea. That was the whole idea of tithing in the, in the Old Testament. 
And uh, so, so it had very little to do with money in its original context. Now, fast forward to the, the New Testament, the New Covenant. This is what we're under today. You know, Jesus comes in the New Testament. Um, so, so, so we have to, to ask ourselves this question. As, as Jesus' followers, are we still required to tithe? It's no longer crops. Now we're talking about money. It's our, it's our first fruits of our money. As, as Christians, as Jesus' followers, are we as Jesus' followers required to tithe still today? And I would not be a good, honest pastor and stand up here, and, and I'm not going to lie to you, and, and I couldn't be an honest pastor and stand up here and tell you, yes, that's true, because nowhere in the New Testament does it say you have to give, a 10%, you have to give 10% of your income to the church. However, does God want us to give? Of course. Does God require us to give? No, no, he doesn't. And that's the difference. That's the difference. Is tithe required? Well, no. No, because God is asking us to be generous. Here's why. Here, let, me, let me read a, a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. You don't have to turn there. It'll be on the screen. 2 Corinthians. Paul. Uh, farmer who plants will get all crop generously. Must each decide. How much to get? Don't give reluctant pressure for God. Loves is doesn't require us to give anything because if it's if it's required, it, God wants us to be cheerful givers, and we can't be cheerful givers if we're reluctant givers. We can't be cheerful givers if we're obligated givers. We can't be cheerful givers if we're givers under pressure. But God wants us to give generously and to be happy about it, to be excited about it, to be, to be um, on the same page with God about the mission that he wants to do with our finances. Because if, if, if God required us to give, well, that would be true generosity. That would be obligation. And, and of course, God wants us to be generous in a way that glorifies him and lets the, know, lets the world know how generous he is. But he doesn't require us to be generous because that wouldn't be generosity at all. It's the same reason he doesn't require us to be in relationship with him. He gives us free will to choose any other God because he wants to have true relationship with us. He knows true relationship doesn't come from being forced to do something. Therefore, true generosity doesn't come from being forced or required to give because that would be true generosity at all. So does God require us to give 10% of our income? No, but he wants us to be generous givers. And, and I want you to think about it this way. You know, God, God is the, the ultimate example for generosity, right? God is the ultimate example for generosity because God gave his one and only son, Jesus, for us. And Jesus gave his one and only life to give us life. But here's where we struggle. Knowing this, knowing what God gave, knowing what Jesus gave, we still struggle to give a small percentage of our income, of our money. Knowing everything that we've been given. And if, if that's the case, so maybe money has more of a hold on us than we thought it did. God gives us his son Jesus and Jesus gives his life for us and we can't give just a small portion of our, of our finances. When we put it in perspective that way, maybe it, maybe it shows us how much money might have a hold on us. Remember though, God's not after your money. He's after your heart. God wants to give you a generous heart God wants to mold you into a generous person because that's who he is. And the closer we get to God, the closer we get to Jesus, <clears throat> we'll start to realize in, in more areas of our life how generous we start to become, knowing everything that has been given to us. But as Christians, we tend to hold on to this, to this part of our lives called finances. We tend to hold on to our money. But in order to make sure our money doesn't become our God, we have to make it serve our God. And how do we do that? How can we use money as a tool to serve our God? How can we use money as a tool to worship? By investing into his kingdom. 
How can we make sure money doesn't become our God? Invest it into God's kingdom. How can we make sure money doesn't have a hold on our lives? Invest it into God's kingdom. Because if we're, if we're constantly in this, in, this, in, this, in this mindset of like, I've got to hold on to all this money, got to hold on to all this money, I promise you, when we invest it into God's kingdom, it's, and you see what, God's, what God can do with your finances when you don't have a hold of it anymore and you surrender it to him, man, it's going to change your whole perspective on money. Giving to the church is a great way to do this. This is not a plug to, for you to give to us today. I'm just saying Giving to the church is a great way to invest into God's kingdom because it's a beautiful thing that happens like in the Old Testament where everybody comes together because we're all one tribe, we're all one family. When we come together with our finances, we're able to do way more than when we're spread out. Giving to the church is a great way to invest in God's kingdom, whether it's 10%, 5%, 15%, 1%. God will bless it if we trust him with it. And I, and I love that we can model tithing, maybe not in the percentage per se, <clears throat> because I don't want us to get into this mindset where, okay, I'll only give 10%, not a dime more. That's not what God wants. That's not generosity. That's obligation. But I love this, this idea, this concept of giving your first fruits, the giving, giving the first of your crop, not knowing what's gonna happen. Maybe, maybe giving the, the, the first thing that comes out of your paycheck, not knowing, I don't know, I don't know if I'm, I don't know what the rest of the week's gonna look like, but God, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust you with this. I'm gonna invest into your kingdom. I'm gonna seek first your kingdom and just see what happens. There's nothing better that we can do with our finances. There's nothing better we can do with our money than by investing it into God's kingdom. But that's, the church isn't the only way we can invest into God's kingdom, although I think it's a really important one. But we need to be using our money as a tool in every area of our life, right? You know, maybe, maybe we pull up to the stop sign and there's a, there's, a, there's a guy there with a cardboard sign that says, hey, you know, help me out. And a lot of us, we just think, oh, I'm not going to give him money. He's just going to go buy beer with it and cigarettes. And you know, it's a stereotype we play, but man, God can use your money in such a way that speaks to people way more than, than money without God. So what, it, what, I mean, what would it look like, honestly, if we were a community that, that, I'm not saying we give everybody $20 all the time, but you know, what if we really felt the Holy Spirit prompting us to do something and we just gave the guy 20 bucks? Well, I mean, really, what would that do? What would that do? You know, how, how different would our community look, though, if we not only just gave him $20, but gave him $20 that's been prayed over, $20 that's, that says, I, I love you the way that Jesus loves you. I'm going to show that to you because people don't understand spirituality all the time, but they can, they can understand money. Someone might ask you, why are you so generous all the time? We get to respond, well, I've been given a lot, man. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you know, what if, we, what if we used our money as a tool and, and you know, we, um, we went above and beyond every, in every area of our life and what if we gave 20% tip everywhere we went at, at a restaurant and whether the service was good or not? How much would that speak to people about who we, Sundays are the worst, I've, I've been told from, from different um, people in the food industry, Sundays are the worst because the Christians, they just, they just don't like to, to tip. And that's a, that's a, a, a commonly known fact in the, in the food industry. What would, what would, how different would our world look if we said, look, we're, we're Christians, we get to use our money as a tool to, to benefit God's kingdom, to invest in God's kingdom. What if I can give you just a 20% tip? How, how different would that make people see Jesus? How different would that make people see Christians and the love that we really do have for the world instead of us being so stingy, but only giving it to the church? You know what I mean? What if we were generous in all areas of our life? And I would argue even this, and this is another sermon for another time, but you know, if we, we, we only say, oh, God's only going to get 10%, I would argue that this life isn't our own, that we've been given everything that we've been given by God. The reason you're here breathing today is because of Jesus, that well, he, 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 we owe him everything. I would say we owe him 100%. But again, that's another sermon for another time, and I'll, I'll preach that one day, but... I'm not sure what the Holy Spirit would, would speak to each and, every single one of, each and every single one of us in a different situation. 
but I am sure that we should listen to him because that's what it looks like to invest in the kingdom of God, giving when he prompts you to and doing it cheerfully, doing it as, as if it's an honor because generosity is an opportunity, not an obligation. I think our biggest barrier that we tend to face when it comes to money and finances and generosity, and I'm closing with this, is worry. Which is why I love that Jesus, immediately in the passage we read in Matthew chapter 6, he talks about money and then he segues into worry. He says, look at the birds of the sky. They don't, they don't work. <laughs> they don't have a, a storehouse. They don't have a barn full of food and God feeds them. How much more does he care about you than he cares about some birds? Or look at the, the flowers of the grass and look how beautiful they are. And they don't worry about what they're going to wear. How much more does God care about you than he cares about some flowers that will be gone tomorrow? He says, don't worry, about, about don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Just focus on today. But in focusing on today, seek first the kingdom of God, and he'll take care of your every need. I feel like this is our biggest barrier, this, this, our, our biggest hurdle when it comes to money, and we're like, ah, I don't know if I, can, if, I can, if I can give that just because, ah. But I would say, let's, let's maybe take inventory this week and, and see where God wants us to invest our finances and maybe where God wants us to pull our investments in our finances. That might be a tricky one. But see where he wants you to invest in the kingdom. Seek the, first the kingdom of God. And watch how he not only blesses it, but takes care of you as well. Did you guys get a note card when you came in this morning? Was there a note card? And was there a pen as well? I want us to do something. Get out that note card and pen really quick. I want us just to practice something. And this is no commitment. I'm not collecting these. Don't put your name on it. This is just for you, okay? So be honest with yourselves. But I want us to take, take, take the pen and just take, a, just take a moment and write down in, in the top right corner what you feel as if you are investing into God's kingdom currently, right now, with your finances. And again, I'm not... I'm not collecting these, so just be honest with you, this is solely for you. In the top right corner, just, just put what you think currently that you invest into God's kingdom financially, whether that's through the church or through a different organization, whatever. It could be a number, a dollar amount, or it can be a, a percentage, whatever you can read. Just write that down. And then I want us to, to try something here, and, and, and this is a little, a little different than what we normally do, and, and that's okay. But I want us to just pray for a moment, and you can pray with your eyes open. <laughs> you can pray with your eyes closed and open them whenever, whenever. But, but I want us to pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to us a number or, or a percentage or a dollar amount or something. And I want us to write it right in the middle. And maybe he's already speaking to you right now. And again, I'm not going to collect this. This isn't a commitment or anything. This is just for you. What do you feel like God wants you to invest in his kingdom? I want you to write that in the middle. We're going to pray in, in just a moment. But, but if you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you, just something, even if it's like, I don't know, maybe this, write it down. Write it down. You can always change it later. <laughs> but just write it down if you feel like if, if God is speaking to you right now and and he wants you to invest this into his kingdom. Write that down. So let's, let's pray just for a moment. Thank you, Jesus, for this, this moment we have. And God, we, 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 we take this time and we want to we wanna honor you with our finances. We want to honor you with our money that we get from the job that we <laughs> prayed for weeks for. That we don't even like now, but that's a different story. God, we just want to ask that you would speak a number to us a percentage amount, a dollar amount of, of, of something that you want us to, that you, you're prompting us to give right, right now. Just, just, I pray that you would speak that to us. And just, just a number, whatever that looks like. 
I pray you'd speak to us right now so we can write that down. Keep that in the, in the, in the, the front of our minds because we want to honor you with our, with our money. We want to honor you with our finances. We want to give back to you what you've given to us. And this is just a, just a glimpse of how we can show the world your generosity. Thank you for speaking to us and continuing to speak to us and challenging us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, again, if, if he's still speaking to you, feel free to write it down. I'm not taking these at all. This isn't a commitment. Like I said, don't write, don't write your name on it. I want you to hold on to these. And if, if, you give, if you give consistently already, like don't change your giving habits. If you already gave today, perfectly fine. If you haven't given today and you normally do, go ahead and do that. That's not what I'm saying. I want us to take this note card. I want us to, to, to keep it in our wallet. Maybe put it on the dash of your car. Maybe put it on your bathroom mirror. Somewhere where you'll see it every single day. And I want to challenge you with this. Every time you see this card, pray about that number. Pray about that. Say, God, is this really what you want to speak to me? God, is this really what you want me to give? God, is this really, is this really the direction you, you really want me to go? And, and ask for confirmation. Ask for, 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 uh, for guidance and wisdom on this. But, but I want you to take this number. Really think about it. Really, really think about it. And put it in your budget, too. Even if it puts you in the red, just for now. Put it in the budget. See where that puts you. See how much that stretches you. And see what God wants you to give. And, and maybe if it does put you in the red, we can say, well, you know, I'd be able to do this if I didn't get Starbucks six times a week, maybe only twice. Or, you know, maybe I just didn't eat, some, eat out so many times. And maybe ask God to show you a way that you can make more sacrifices to be able to hit this number and it still stretch you. Because, because here, here's why. I, I want us to be challenged today, not, not just to get, you can give this money to any church. It doesn't have to be our church. It'd be awesome if it was this church. <laughs> That's not what we're here for. This is for you, not for us. But I, I want you to allow God to be a part of your finances faithfully. And for you to say, look, this number doesn't make sense. It, it, it's, it's really not gonna, not gonna sit well with me. Pray over it for a few days. And, and then when you get your paycheck or, you know, when you get your, your, your stub or whatever, I want you in faith to invest that into God's kingdom, that number. And maybe God, over the, over the course of the next week, he'll tell you a different number that's more, a different number that's less. Don't talk yourself out of it, but really, really pray about this card. Really, really pray about this number and watch how God can use that in such a way it's so much bigger than us. And really allow God to, to, to be a part of your financial, um, to be in your financial part of your life. This is the challenge I want us to take this week. Again, and especially if you have a spouse, please, please talk to this with your spouse. You guys are one flesh. That's y'all's money, all right? <clears throat> but I want us to do this this week and, and really pray about this. And you may go out here and just throw the card away, and that's fine. But if you really want God, God can't transform your finances if you don't surrender to him. He can't, he can't transform what we don't give to him. He can't have a part of what we don't give to him. So this is us saying, look, God, I, I feel like maybe this number might be it. I'm going to act on a whim here. That's called faith. I'm going to act on faith here and maybe give that the next time I, don't give it today. Think about it, pray about it. Really understand the weight of what this number is to you and how much it's going to cost you. Don't let it, and, and, and don't let it be something you reluctantly give, but something you give cheerfully. And the next time you get your paycheck, invest that into God's kingdom. Invest that in, prayerfully invest that into God's kingdom, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's through giving at the church, and we've got ways to do that. Maybe it's through giving another church or another organization, but, but I really want us to be transformed in our finances when we allow God to be a part of it. Because it's an, giving is an opportunity, not an obligation. And we get to show the world who God is through every part of our lives, even our money. So let's stand up on our feet really quick. I'll pray us out. <clears throat> I've talked long enough. <laughs> and I hope I didn't uh, 
make you rethink going out and spending $50 at Texas Roadhouse today. But if that's the Holy Spirit, it speaks to you. Don't blame me, all right? God, we thank you so much for this gift of this tool called money. We're thankful that we have it to spend, we have it to use, and we are able to use it in in a way that honors you and worships you and that draws us closer to you. And God, I just pray that we, over the next course of the week, or the next couple days, that as we're praying over this number, as we're praying over this card, you would really speak to us. Show us where you want us to, to invest this into your kingdom. Show us how much you want us to invest into your kingdom. And allow us to trust you. Give us the boldness to trust you and give it first above all things. And, 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 and saying, I don't know what's going to happen next, but God, I can trust you right now today. God, I thank you for this gift of your presence, this gift of, of, of being able to gather with each other and, and experience your presence, experience your goodness, experience your spirit let, resting on all of us today. I pray that we would take this, this, this attitude and this, um, this, this, this drive out into the world and, and, and every, every atmosphere we step into, let your presence be there, transforming the hearts and lives around us because we've got the God of the universe on our side. And I pray that you would keep us all safe. And God, I know there's so much, there's just so much crap going on in the world today. And man, it's so disheartening to see. And God, I, I know we, we just want to, we want to pray more and, 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 and fast more and, and, and do more of that. And, and that is so important. But God, I, I pray that you would allow, allow us to be found in opportunities where we can make a change through your presence that empowers us. Put us in an opportunity that we're able to make a difference right where we are, not just stand idly by and, and just watch the world destroy itself. But God, let us have a hand in it because of you that's in us. And this world needs so much of your love. Oh, this needs so much of your love. Let us be the ones who are able to spread it and let people see that God's not mad at everybody. He just is so passionate about you. Maybe there's someone here that needs to hear that today. God's not mad at you. God's not upset with you. He's not angry at you. Oh, but he loves you so much. He's so passionate about you. The Bible says you are his masterpiece even in your brokenness right now, because he can pick you up and put you back together the way you were designed to be. And I don't want anyone to walk out of here today without having the opportunity to, to accept Jesus as our Savior, as, as the Lord of our life. And it's really just taking that next step towards him, whatever that looks like, saying, God, I trust you with my life. Jesus, I trust you with my life. I don't know where, where this next step is going to take me. I don't know where tomorrow is going to look like, but, but you know what, Jesus, I'm going to be here in this moment today, and I'm going to choose you to be the Lord over my life. And even if, we're, even if you've been in church for 10, 15 years, that invitation never gets old for you to walk out here with a fresh relationship with Jesus a thriving relationship with Jesus where he has access to all of your life to transform you from the inside out. He loves you that much. And he cares for you that much. And he doesn't want you to leave without hearing these words that he loves you so, so much. And he did everything for you to know that. God, I pray you'd empower us to be world changers. Pray you empower us to be presence carriers boldly and to go out and make disciples of all nations, letting them see your love in us, something we also desperately need. 
let it start right here, right now. Transform us into who you want us to be each and every single day. God, we love you. We praise you and we give you all of who we are, including our finances and our money. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. We pray that God has used this message to speak to you and to show you how much He loves you. And if God has shown you something incredible, we want to hear about it. Please send us an email to hello at afreshchurch.com. And if you want to partner with us financially to help our ministry spread the good news of Jesus' love for all people, you can do so at afreshchurch.com give. Every dollar we receive goes back to loving people into a relationship with Jesus. We want to encourage you to go out and live life with the one who gives life because it's so much better when we do it with Jesus. Jesus.